Welcome to the fifth episode of the Synth and Electronic Music Show brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Whitstable. My name's Peter Coit, coming to you from the Sonic Shed. I'm joined by Clive Walpole across town in his analogue heatsink. Uh, hiya, Peter. Yes, here I am in my, uh, my uh, pulsating man cave. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we've got a selection for you, including Daphne RM, White Noise, Adam Ravenstein, Karl Harring Stockhausen, And for the second half of the show, we've got a special guest, um, Martin Elliott, musician extraordinaire. He'll be joining us halfway through. That'd be good. So first, we have a track by Daphne Oram, Four Aspects. Yeah, this is uh, on the Oramex machine, and Daphne was with the um, Radiophonic Workshop. Uh, and she, after she left there, she she started a studio in um, Fairsea in Kent. Had a studio there in, in an host house. And was awarded a grant from the Gulbenkian to develop the Oramix machine. Yeah. Which was a, an electronic music machine. It's, it's in the Science Museum there, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can get a software version of it. <laughs> yeah, I've got one on my iPhone. Yeah. And it's, it uses optical uh, film... Technique. It's like 35 mil film, isn't it? That yeah. you draw on. And then yeah. It sounds, yeah. Thank you. 
quality of that. Really interesting, yeah. yeah. Apparently she did sounds on the film The Innocence, which was a version of the Turn of the Screw in 1961. She did the sort of spooky incidental music on that as well. Certainly got that sort of like otherworldly sound to it, isn't it? Mm, it has. I think it was done by sort of manipulating sort of images on plastic film. So I wanted to play a classic electronic piece by uh, Stockhausen, who was one of the most important and controversial figures in electronic music. I think I first heard it when I, when I got my copy of Max MSP and there's a demo of it included. It's about moments between instrumental and electronic sounds. There's originally a four-channel loudspeaker performance. So it refers to the contacts between the, the spatial movement of timbre, pitch, intensity and duration. And uh, it's something we... I suppose we, just, we have to play, play it because it is, I mean, probably oh, many people. Oh, yeah, you, you, you can't not play Stockhausen. It's one of them on the list, isn't it? Mm. Thank you. 
He recorded this at the Westdeutsche Rundfunk studio in Cologne using tapes and... It's sort of test oscillators and things and like that And test oscillators, yeah, of course, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. yeah. Sort of filters you could hear sweeping in there as well. Mm. Uh, okay. And next we have a track by White Noise. Go. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> Firebird, the track is, and that was... Uh, it's. Features Dealey Derbyshire and Brian, Brian Hodgson, uh, who were um, Radiophonic Workshop uh, personnel, uh, colleagues, and it's uh, David Vorhouse produced this, and it's kind of uh, what I call hippie-tronic music. It's kind of like, like a bit of a hippie vibe, but um, uh, interesting. It features heavily the VCS3 as well, which is oh. one of my favourite synths. <laughs> we need to get that in every every show. Yeah. By the storm blown down, she'd a broken wing when I took her in, hoping she'd stay. Milk and honey fed in a feathered bed, she got well and my love flew away. Thank you. 
Ecclesiastes 3. Chirping girl on that one. In that yeah, one. I think a lot of that was probably played using the uh, VCS3 joystick. Which yeah. It's mm. quite fun to try and play things with because I, I, bought, I bought a joystick the other day and mm. quite fun to play around with. <laughs> so I'm going to follow on from that to a piece by Alan Ravenstein. He was a keyboard player out of Perubu. He left to become a commercial airline pilot. And. Uh, but as a modular synth enthusiast. And he features on that uh, I Dream of Wires documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. He has a jam yeah, on, sure. on it, on that uh, EMS. Yeah, so this album I come across by him called The Pharaoh's Bee. He uses the Moog Theremini throughout. This track from the album is called Bug's Ear. All right, Is it is there a mini controlling controlling the modular? No, it's got synth it's got its own synth sounds. Ah oh, right. And you can actually program the you can make your own sounds from it from an app oh. that controls that controls it. So following on from that, I have an improvisation recording that I've made last week with the cellist Thomas Gardner, who I'm with with the automatic writing circle with 
we did a zoom a zoom jam where I used the modular and he was in Brighton with his cello um, it hasn't got a name to it but uh, I'd edit it down it's about a 40 minute improvisation but uh, I thought it was related to that track in a certain way some 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 tones Radiophonic workshop. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Interesting sort of uh, clangorous 
mm. textures there, the, the a ring mod being used there to get the... There were various oscillators, ah. including the uh, the braids and the oh, oh, yeah. and the plats. But there's the plats, a yeah. and the uh, and the Atlantis. Ah, right. Using the dope the dope for ribbon to control most of it. Oh, yeah, because you've got the ribbon control as well. Mm. Yeah, so you're getting those sort of sliding yeah um, frequencies mm. with that. Yeah, that's nice. Like, so we've got a track from you. Called yeah. West Coast it's, One. West Coast One is the. Uh, I don't have a an additive synthesizer that's traditionally West Coast music, mm. but I've used the Pittsburgh modular on this about three, four years ago, mm. and the um, Erebus. I find they really work well together. Mm. It's a little Greek synth, the Erebus, yeah. and uh, this is my my little go at my first attempt at sort of West Coast. About four years ago, I think now. Okay, as analog mechanic. As analog mechanic, yes.
about the use of uh, the panning. This seems to be a aspect of your work. Yeah, I, I, that was a lot of cross-modulation of different oscillators, about four different oscillators, and I, would, I just patched them into each other so, and, and had a very fast sequence running and then see what happened. Yeah. It's actually called Ambiana. Ambiania. Ambiania, yeah. I've got a whole... I started off as an album called Ambiania. <laughs> and... Uh, and it's now become just a massive, great folder of music that could be a, could go onto an album called Ambiania. <laughs> so this week we have our special guest, Martin Elliott, who is an internationally renowned bass player and the linchpin of Michael Nyman's band. He's also played with Synth God, Gary Newman, Italian superstar Franco Battiato. Jesus is Mary Chain and Bucks Fid. Bucks Fizz. Hi Martin, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> Coming live from your seaside villa. That's right, Beach Hut Studios. <laughs> and um, we've got a selection of tracks, synth based tracks that you've, uh, you've, get, you've given us. Yeah, um, it's not all synth based, but it's definitely synthy. And the first one we've got is from the film Performance. Which is, uh, is is listed as by Mary Clayton, but that's not uh, that's not who wrote it, is it? No. Well, on the on the album it says the music is by Jack Nietzsche, but yeah. doing a little bit more research, it turns out there's a guy called Bernie Krause who played the synths, and yeah. he's an absolutely fascinating man, and he made me think of you because he is a natural sound artist. And he he actually gave up music to record to become what what's described on a Wikipedia, which was very useful for this research. He became a soundscape ecologist. Yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've looked him up after that, and the, he's also a uh, started off as um, a Moog rep. That's right. Introduced a lot of people to the to the Moog. Yeah, but he was he went he, he was interestingly. Um, a rep on the west coast rather than the east coast yeah. so he was infiltrating the uh, Bookler territory right. very very interesting to discover him yeah. um, the film in the film performance the the uh, the synth is quite obviously it was, a, it was a very new instrument and Mick Jagger who plays a rock star he has a room with a massive synthesizer in it I remember that scene. I haven't researched that scene. But anyway, this is obviously a crucial track.
Very much in the vein of uh, John Carpenter as well, I'd say. Interesting, that yeah. Vibe to it, yeah. yeah. So that's 1970. That's probably the first time I heard a synth, you know, making those sorts of noises. Mm-hmm. Going to yeah. the cinema to see performance, like underage probably as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dangerous. Uh, yeah, it's a fantastic film. Yeah, I know that's been a Nicholas Rogue has uh, you know done some amazing films, hasn't he? Oh yeah. Obviously Man and Fell to Earth, David Bowie. Yeah. And uh that 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 was based around um, Notting Hill, wasn't it? Or that, that It was. That performance. Yeah. It's a great historical document, that film. I want to watch it and see what synth it is. I can't. I don't actually remember the synth. I've never seen it. So I've got the, have you never seen it? It is such a fantastic <laughs> yeah, film. Yeah. I've seen it six or seven times. Oh, wow. What's his name? Was it, it was the, it was the uh, posh bloke. Is it James one Fox or Edward yeah, Fox? One the, yeah, one of the Foxes, yeah. Yeah. Yes, he, after doing that film, he gave up acting. He'd had enough. Did he? Yeah, completely did his head in doing that film. <laughs> God. He must, have, he must have really taken those drugs. <laughs> <laughs> So next we have um, a track by Headhunters, Chameleon. So, so there's Herbie Hancock on there, on the, on the keyboards, obviously. Yeah. 1973. Back in those days, they used to list all the instruments that people played on the album. So for, if no, people no, saw... Like that, actually, Yeah. So you could see all the stuff you played. You guys will know which of these are like early analogue synths yeah but um, you've got you've got a classic Fender Rhodes a Hona yeah. clavinet an ARP Odyssey and an ARP Soloist yeah the ARP Odyssey that, that's the chameleon bass is always the one you do on the ARP Odyssey it's the right. one you, first, first time you, time you get, get an ARP Odyssey, Odyssey you program it with the chameleon bass, bass. Oh, that's, that's a that's classic, classic. Yeah. yeah well this is a very crucial album this track so the start of this track is the first, first track on the album. It mm. was the first time people had ever heard jazz fusion funky music. Right. No one had ever done it before, to my knowledge. Yeah. So, so it's yeah. It's, um, groundbreaking that way. Is it? it is, 1973. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. 
Yeah. 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 I thought it was, I always thought it was a moog, but I didn't realise it's an art. No, no, and it's unusual because not you don't associate an art with a with a bass, really, do you? It's more of a more, more of a lead, but it does do a really nice bass. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. it's got yeah. a very wide range in Oslo, like about ten octaves. Like it's just interesting to hear that <laughs> with the headphones on, probably listening to it. Mm. Um, you know, he it's came out of playing playing sort of really advanced crazy bebop on the piano with Miles Davis mm. and then when when he you know in the 70s it says he went into playing funk with not much harmonic changes not many harmonic changes it's a groove and then he solos over a groove it's very minimal compared yeah. to that really yeah it's fascinating to completely change your whole style and to invent, invent a whole new style as well but mm. built on that amazing ability that he, he had when he was younger playing with Miles Davis. Yeah. Which, um, doing the sort of lead in to the next track, is someone else who played with Miles Davis after, I mean, it may well be, after Herbie Hancock left, Miles Davis changed his, his approach as well. Joe Zawinul started playing with Miles Davis and then Joe Zawinul went on to form Weather Report, right, yeah. which were really a um, very influential band. So there you are, that's become the jazz, jazz fusion, as yeah, you say. Yeah, proper jazz fusion, the Weather Report. And he, and he also was like a world music pioneer as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, I mean, absolutely amazing keyboardist. I mean, different from the, uh, the usual monosynth uh, enthusiast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, he came out, came out of the sort of Vienna Conservatoire thing, I think, and then went to New York to play jazz. Yeah, phenomenal. So, um, yeah, a really amazing man, a fantastic life story, and a real love of music and a love of love of humans. Really, he was a very special man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I've got his track. Three Clowns yeah. from the Black Market album. That's right. The Black, Mar Black Market, I could have chosen loads of tracks that would be my favourite, but I picked this one because you can hear the synths. Right. And it well, says he plays on. two ARP 2600s. Oh, wow. Classic. Oh, it means nothing to me. <laughs> well, <they laughs> he plays a, a, a Rhodes, yeah, a Yamaha grand piano, and an Oberheim polyphonic synth. Lovely. Yeah. Mm. Oh. So there you have it. Well, the 2600 has just been uh, remade twice at the moment. Korg and, and Behringer have both brought out a new one, haven't they? Yeah. Okay, here we go, Three Clowns.
lovely uh, vocal sound to that synth, isn't there? That was fabulous, I loved it. Did I heard a little? I think I heard a little bit of the harp doing a bit of a um, bit of white noise in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't know if it was doing the white white bit, a little bit of that, the lead. Was it? Next track we got is uh, a Chaka Khan track. By is that right? Is it the right order? When you when you ask me to contribute to your show, this is probably the first track I thought of because yeah. it's got one of the best synth bass lines ever right right and um yeah and a, a little i can say a little tiny little story this is 1981 now because we're doing all this in a chronological order yeah so 1981 greg filling gains and i i just knew his name because i've always remembered he played this great bass bass line but i didn't know much about him so mm. doing some research he had the most incredible career yeah he's played with so many fantastic people, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, for example. Mm. Um, I won't read them all out, but just an incredible, long, long career. Um, a keyboardist, not a, not a bass player. No, as a keyboard player, as a musical director. Um, but anyway, he plays this great bass line, and I can also share with you that I had really fantastic pleasure of having to play this bass line on my bass guitar on the television for the new faces tv show because i was in the <laughs> band for that oh, back in the day and a woman came on and she wanted to sing this song so there was an arrangement done of it and i had to sit there and fortunately i sort of knew the bass part anyway i had to sight read the bass part to this particular track and it's a it's a classic so i'll leave it i'll leave you to take over now it's um, a version of We Can Work It Out by Jack O'Connor. Yeah, the musicians and work with these people. They all contribute to the sound and the great big artists. It's a big sort of mix of people, isn't it? I've always been interested, of course, because that's the sort of work that I do. I'm always interested to know who plays on things. As a Beatles song, as some people, young people, don't necessarily know that this is a Beatles song. Yeah. They're they're everywhere.
And that is a Mini Moog bass line, isn't it? Real classic Mini Moog ba- bass, that is. Yeah. That's the sound that sold the, told the Moog, really. <laughs> and did you, uh, you played that on the, on the string bass? I, I must have done my best to do it on a, on a bass guitar, probably with an yeah, octave pedal. I must have had an octave pedal. Because it would be very hard to, to come up again to do that, you know, with a, just a standard bass guitar, Fender Jazz. <laughs> the next track we've got is by uh, Philippe Sace, yeah. who I've not heard of before. Well, he also played with Chaka Khan. That's probably where I first saw his name on the credits right. inside a Chaka Khan album. And then one day I was walking around Covent Garden and I heard this amazing music playing in a shop. And I asked, I asked them what it was and it was a, a Philip Sace album. I don't know if, it's, if it was his first, but it was the first one that I bought yeah. back in the early days of what they called New Age music on the Wyndham Hill record label, which was a New Age record label. so beautifully in that that's really uh, it doesn't list what synths he plays it just says keyboards um, what does it say piano synthesizers that's all it says for Philip Sace on that album sounds it's a bit of a profit or something well I don't know well yeah maybe a bit of a DX7-ish um, yeah yeah it could have been yeah. yeah I thought that selection would keep you guys happy we've got one more track haven't we yeah one more which is very up to date 2018, wow, which is unusual. But I read an article about a guy who they said was the the guy to go to if you wanted an analog synth on your session. 
oh, in, yeah. in LA. Wasn't me. No, unfortunately, you couldn't make that one. <laughs> but they get this guy, he's called Bobby Sparks 2, or Junior. So I bought this album, and it's very interesting. It's a double CD album. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was very interesting for you guys for this show. Mm. I went through all the tracks to see which one I thought might be most suitable, most most synthy. Oh. And I've settled on this one. It's proper funky. It's hardcore oh. funk. He plays a, um, a, what's this? An MRS Polymoog, Hona D6 clavinet, a, a Hammond organ, a Fender Rhodes, a Roland JD 990, and a Roland JV 2080. Oh, they're from the 90s, they are, aren't they? Right, so he has got, he's got a house full of synths. Yeah. And he's getting most of them on this track, which you'll hear. And I don't know how you do this, actually, but it's worth working through right to the very end of the track.
do is to do justly, love mercy, walk with God, walk wherever he leads you, talk wherever he leads you to talk. That's enough. Wow. How good was that? Oh, baby. That is why we do this. That is why we do this. And we get paid for it. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. God, just imagine being in that moment with as a musician. The vibe that. of that is so fantastic. I yeah. love to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, they were completely locked in, weren't they? Yeah, every yeah. every sort of bit was just gave each other space and it just grooved and talked to each yeah. other. Yeah, and they're going crazy. Amazing. Yeah, absolutely. it's fabulous. Oh, that was that was amazing. Yeah, well done. You, oh, well, thanks. You brought so much musicality into yeah. the into the show tonight, and yeah, stuff that yeah. I've not heard of and yeah. a different aspect different roots of where synthesizers have been used and electronic music and uh, in, within real musicianship yeah real craft yeah, fantastic yeah well thanks very much Martin yeah thanks Martin really enjoyed your selection thank you it was a pleasure thanks for listening again that's a great contribution from Martin Elliott tonight Yes, yeah, really interesting stuff from Martin. Um, listen in next week time for more switched on sounds. And find us on Facebook under Coastal Electronauts. We'll see you again next week.